Okay, everybody, welcome to episode number 67 of the John Riley Project. Boy, I'm so pleased we have two wonderful guests joining us, Reverend Doctors Abigail and Stephen Albert. Welcome to the John Riley Project. Thank you for Thank having you us. Thank you for inviting us. You know, um, I was introduced to you, you know, by another you know wonderful person in our community, Mariana Benig Basilla, and she said, "Oh, you need to have the interfaith group here on the on the podcast. Our community in Poway would love to hear from these two amazing people." And so, thanks for coming. Thank you for inviting us. It's nice to be known. <laughs> <laughs> and we like Marianne very much. Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah. And so. You know, I know you're involved with the interfaith, you know, uh, community, and you've got Interfaith Awareness Week coming, and so many things to talk about, and we, we will get into that, but I just want to learn a little bit more about you, and, you know, your Poway residents, and tell me a little bit about your backstory and how you got to this point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, um, Steve and I met in 1999. We got married in 2002. And uh, in 2000, I was ordained as a, a religious science, which is a new thought minister. And so he was a, a minister. So we decided to start our own church. Nice. Uh, I was coming off of a church in Newport Beach. So we started what was child-centered church that evolved into the family spiritual center. And then once we started to um, get involved with interfaith, it, it just naturally led to the next name change, which is the All Face Center, which we had for a number of years in Poway. And um, when we started to hear about different faith traditions through the Poway Interfaith Team, which we were founders of, it just was natural for us to involve our own members in knowing what the other faiths believed. And it just became um, a passion and a purpose for us because once I was listening to a series of interfaith talks and there was a Hindu lady who's a good friend of mine now and she's talking about her faith, I said to Steve, I said, oh my gosh, I must be Hindu. I believe all of that. <laughs> then our Buddhist speaker got up and I'm like, I must be Buddhist. I, I believe in that. You know, right. so I, I found those commonalities of the core what every faith believes and I had was resonating with all of it. And I said, I must just be a universal person <laughs> because, you know, I know we have our own rituals, we have our own ways of, of um, praying to God or Allah or a divine spirit, whatever name you wish to call the one. Um, it's still this spiritual sacredness that every faith has. And when we realize how connected we are and how similar we are, then all that, um, the fear dissipates and we can actually communicate and collaborate and cooperate as friends. And so that's kind of in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> and and if, if we go back to 2005, when we founded the Poway Interfaith Team, it was bringing together about eight different faith groups the ministers, the leaders, and we thought we were the only ones. And this is really an element that leads into the work we're doing now. We thought we were the only ones in the world that were bringing together all these different faith groups mm -hmm. to learn about each other, to have a meal with each other, to discuss one another. And it's, there's a real difference in reading a book about the Jewish faith but sitting down with a Jewish person and finding out what their family was like, what their schooling was like, what they believe in peace and, and whatever, that's a whole different avenue. And we were doing that. Yeah. And we were bringing the Poway community together, and we thought we were, wow, alone, but <laughs> doing some good work. Right on. Okay. And then in 2008... I published the Interfaith Manual, and it's a look at how 12 different faiths believe about 40 different subjects, but it's done by topic. So if you want to go to violence, what do all 12 believe about violence? If you want to love, what do all 12 believe about love? And on and on so that you can easily compare one with the other. That was my doctoral thesis. 
Nice. And I was so pleased in doing that. And we heard about the North American Interfaith Network. Mm. It's an organization that had been around since 1985. They started their conferences in a different city every year, starting, I think, in 1988. And they brought together people of different faiths. So we said, why not? It was in San Francisco. We went there and we were blown away. Mm-hmm. There were only about 80 or 90 people for a three-day conference. But the beauty was that they were coming from all over North America, Canada, throughout the eastern part of the United States, Mexico. And we found that we weren't alone anymore yeah. in right believing on that people could get together and like each other. So we came back to San Diego with a whole different mental attitude. And both of us said, we have to have a conference like that here in San Diego. So the Poway Interfaith team started to get stronger. We grew from the initial eight groups. Today we have 18 different faiths that are part 18. 18. Wow. That are part of the Poway Interfaith team. And finally, in uh, 2017, we got the nerve, and I say the nerve, (laughs) to actually do a conference. Well, I need to preface this. I know I'm taking more time, but California has more interfaith groups in it than appear throughout the rest of the United States outside of California. Wow. So we have about 64 interfaith groups in California, and outside is 61 in the rest of the United States. That we are aware of. Yeah, okay. There may be more, but, you know, we're still searching. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. So we have an abundance of wonderful people who want to teach what their faith is about. Mm-hmm. They want to, let's, let's get together, let's have a meal, let's be friends. And all of a sudden we realized that the three-day conference that uh, Nain North American Interfaith Network, normally put on every year wasn't long enough. That we had so many people that were powerful, we wanted a five-day conference. Mm-hmm. And we put that on at uh, UCSD in 2017. And People are still talking about it today. They are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. They are. Yes, they are. Every it time, was pretty amazing. Yeah. Every time we attend a national conference, people come up and say, oh, you, that was the best conference we ever attended. And, uh, and we go, okay, great. Well, fam. what made it so special? Well, I think part of it was it was not just talking heads. It was there was a um, a program on intergenerational dialogue, which was very successful. I worked with a, another uh, young lady from uh, the United Religions Initiative, and some of her friends. So we put together how do people from different generations how can we talk together? What are the issues we need to address? Um, you know, there's stereotypes about younger people from older and vice versa. And so we had that. So we wanted the whole conference to be interactive rather than just come and listen to a lecture and a panel. So we made all of our workshop leaders, um, we said, you know, find, give your workshop, but get the audience to participate, which they did. Nice. Then we we just want to put a little plug in for our wonderful Poway (laughs) school buses because we love you guys. Um, we contracted with them to be our buses because every day we took field trips. We went to different uh, faith oh, organizations awesome. and awesome. brought them there. One of our um, activities was we have a, our friend Imam Taha Hassan from the Islamic Center of San Diego and Reverend uh, Rich Rick Love, Rick Love who is an evangelical Christian, did a workshop together in a, a Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints church building. So wow. we had the Christian, the Muslim, the LDS come together, and then all of our name people came on the bus, 
to the place, and there was a great uh, workshop. So those were the kinds of things we did. Went up to Seaside Center for Spiritual Living, and there we had um, the Sikh organization from Escondido do a whole program with dancing and tying the turban on people's heads, and we had our, our rabbi friend, Gabby Arad speak, and we had uh, Christian Sorensen speak. So here was a different, different people speaking, and yet it was interactive. And then our Mormon friends put on an ice cream social. So it was that was <laughs> right what on. happened every day. There was this mixture of movement and uh, people work seeing actually role modeling how we can work together to put on. A fabulous program, and then one of our one man said, a friend of ours from Canada says, "Who are you?" <laughs> we were down <laughs> at Balboa Park doing Universal Dances for Peace, going through all the the houses down there, and having pizza come in with everybody's, you know, dietary needs, and they're like, "Wow!" <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, those were some of the things that happened at our um, conference, which just was very. Heartwarming that people still loved being there. Awesome. And perhaps the most important thing is that we got 14 of the 18 mayors of the different cities oh. in San Diego to approve the week as Interfaith Awareness Week. Right. Oh, right on. So it became the first week. Now, with that, they had to approve through their, their entire city council that they would honor and respect people of all religions in their city. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nobody's ever done that before. To actually make a statement, we are going to honor and respect mm-hmm. it's a proclamation. all these people. They gave us a proclamation, and so now we have a countywide holiday that's going to happen every year. Second full week in August. Right, that's what we're approaching right now. Exactly. We're coming into the third year. So let's go to the second year. Okay. You know the term chutzpah? (laughs) I've heard that, but what does that mean? It's a a Hebrew term meaning uh, you'd go up in front of the Pope and say, so how you been today? Ah, yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay, I know what you're saying. There's other words for that, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The, The event happened in in August, and in January, I sent a letter to Governor Jerry Brown, Jerry Br- Brown, Brown yeah. and said, listen, we have this holiday that happened in San Diego. Could it be a statewide holiday? Ah. Come to a th- few months later, the state assembly and the governor sent us a proclamation that Interfaith Awareness Week is now a state holiday. Oh, wow. Occurring every year. Now we've got the 64 or so interfaith groups in the state all going to celebrate doing different things the second week in August. Wow. It, it can't get any better than this. This year. Oh, no. But wait. <laughs> there's more. It's like a Ginzu knife commercial. <laughs> <laughs> This year, year we have over 100 countries in the world. Really? Yes. Celebrating Interfaith Awareness Week. It has become a global event. And two days ago, I got a beautiful email and a picture from a group in Pune, India, telling us about their 150... Uh, groups in in different areas. I don't know how it's broken up. That get together and pray and meditate, and we'll be celebrating Interfaith Awareness Week in Pune, India. Mm-hmm. We have people from all over the world that have sent us emails that they're doing things, as well as those people throughout the United States. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, I think everyone's aspiration in life is to make an impact on the world around them. And you are doing incredible work. That is so special. We we have to, you know, you, you have an idea and you put it out there. But if it isn't for the people that follow up with the idea, the idea means nothing. 
Right. We've had people all over the state of California. We just came back from, at the end of June, a United Religions <laughs> Initiative mm -hmm. conference. People from around the world, all believing in peace, all believing in we need to know each other. We need to respect each other. And it sounds simple, but for what's going on in society today, yeah. it's, it's monumental. Yeah. Got to break down the fear. Break exactly. down the fear. I mean, we yeah. were in groups. I was in a group. We had a wonderful uh, interactive group and like sitting around. And of course, there was a, a, somebody from South Africa, somebody from Bosnia, somebody from the Ukraine, somebody, two people from India, one from Vietnam. I mean, it was like just sitting and we we had the, it's called the bib exercise where you you write down uh, a project or something you're interested in then you walk around and try and find people who have the same interests okay. and so you form your own little groups right that's similar and then you realize that oh my gosh this is my passion but this person from Bosnia that's his or her passion too and and from South Africa and India and around the world it's like Wow. It's like the United Nations of religion. Yes. 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 That's yeah. incredible. That and, of course, our going to the Parliament of World Religions, that, that blows us away, too. Because oh, yeah. I feel like when we go to that kind of an event as well, because it's like 8,000 people, I feel like I'm just heaven on earth. This is the way it's meant <laughs> yeah. to be. Yeah. You know, you see people from all faiths and they're attired, talking and laughing with one another. <sighs> you know, I mean, Beautiful. that's the way... We are supposed to be, yes. and yeah. um, I just—it just like boggles my mind that we're not. <laughs> this is so awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I like to ask you about your dissertation in the paper where you said there were forty different topics you explored and how mm -hmm. love or violence, etc. I'm guessing that there was huge amounts of overlap amongst all the religions, oh, yes. where there is common. Purpose, common definitions of what's right and wrong, common morality, on, yeah. and, and a similar perspective on all of these issues. Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing that we have to take into account is that there's a difference of 50 years ago versus today, ah, okay. 100 years ago versus today mm -hmm. in every country. I mean, look how we treated women in the 17, 1800s in the United States versus the freedom that women, of course, should have had back then yes. is legally here, yes. but there's still the, some of the self, the consciousness of the old days in some people. So that we, we're growing, we're, we're making things better. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when we, we speak to our, our friends who are black, they're Okay, they love everyone. Everything's fine, no yeah, problem. Yeah. They don't remember the 40s and oh, the 30s right. and slavery and that oh, type of thing. they do remember those. But they too. do remember, and we need to become conscious of what that is for them in terms of their whole culture. Yeah. Uh, and, and you can go group by group. The, the sick group which wears turbans that look like Muslims, Muslims don't. Were, were shot at, were killed yes. after 9-11 when yeah. they thought, oh, they must be Muslims, so let's, let's kill them, they're in our country. Yeah, no. That, that's the fear. Yeah, it's the, the fear. fear. The yeah. fear, uncertainty, doubt, lack right. of understanding. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Where Sikhs believe that they are here on earth to help the people who can't help themselves. Yeah. They have been in armies. They will volunteer to help other people who are being put down. Mm -hmm. I mean, the most beautiful, wonderful people. But because the, ma the men wear turbans, they look like the enemy to different. some people. Yeah, to yeah, some people. Right. Right. So it's very... Yeah, we're trying to break down those stereotypes that just aren't aren't real. They're yeah. just not real. And uh, yeah. the rhetoric that goes around that we hear from people is like, I can't believe they're saying these horrible, nasty things about other people. It just doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. You know, 
So yeah, and because we're we're all human. We yeah. all have family. Yes. We have community. Right. We, you know, and I, I attended that event that you hosted a, a month or so ago oh. on, on ecology. Right. You know, we all want to take care of the environment around right. us. Right. The, the, the similarity, um, the, our, our commonality is dramatically bigger, Ex- greater right. than our differences. Right. The differences are slight. Right. In some cases, yeah. almost insignificant. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, but interesting to talk about women. My my doctorate was on. Um, I interviewed twelve women of twelve different faiths and asked their journey as becoming a clergy or a spiritual leader of their faith and the highs and the lows, the challenges and the joys. And so that was interesting. And ten of them said yes that they would be willing to have me actually put it in a book and not just for a you know a paper. And so that that's my book. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but then I still, you know, you're still dealing. They're still sharing that I had to climb some ladders and break through some ceilings yeah. because yeah. Um, the the normal the norm was not that I should be where I wanted to be, and some actually changed faith traditions. Yeah, and became you know clergy in a different tradition so they could follow their heart because they felt this is what they were supposed to do, but the rules kind of said no. So we're still we're still having those challenges of, you know, the, the rules that tend to put down whether it's a minority of some sort. And that's that's another that's something we need to continue working right. for. And, and and we're seeing some of those um, you know, the leadership in those religions evolving with the times. Yes, Some yes. are more slow than you'd like. Right. I mean, I was uh, I was raised as Catholic mm-hmm. and was an altar boy, the, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, back in, in, in that time frame, women were not allowed to be priests. And yeah. I, I think that's still the rule, isn't it, in the Catholic it tradition? It is still the rule. However, uh, okay. I interviewed a wonderful lady by the name of Jane Via. Mm-hmm. He lives here in, in the San Diego area, and uh, she's now retired. But she and about 12 or 13 other women were one of the first women to become Catholic priests. Ah. They were ordained by men. They have formed their own alliance and allegiance. They are um, out in the world doing their thing. Yes, they've been excommunicated, but... They still have their churches. They still are doing their work as women priests. And I give them a lot of credit for doing that. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Bravo. In fact, she said to me, and in her book, because she said I could quote her, she says she felt that the the church would evolve when uh, uh, a black pregnant woman would be the pope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, we are seeing some evolution with a lot of, like, Nona's under the table and her tails <laughs> all kinds of noise um so yeah the the our our, our um traditional long-standing faiths yeah. might be the more ones mo- to most slowly come along right but they are yeah and yeah. But, everything is changing and i think yeah. that it's you know when you when you have an idea you're kind of like there you're like 10 steps ahead and you're like where's everybody <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> But evolution happens, and we're just really, uh, and that's one of our faith beliefs, is that we all will evolve. We all will evolve to the highest and best we can be. And um, there's going to be glitches along the road, but I think I I truly believe that that's what's happening in spite of what we hear in the news, in spite of things going on, that there is a divine plan, and we're in it, and we are moving forward in consciousness. Tell me a little bit about the story, and you referenced it in some of the notes you shared with me about the student at Poway High School and the impact that made. So can you tell us that story? We were contacted. uh, I don't think he would mind me using this name, so I will use his name. I'll use his first name just to be. Uh, A young man a couple years ago by the name of Kevin, one of the high schools in, in Poway, called us and said, you know, I'm very interested in interfaith. I really wish Poway would have a curriculum, an interfaith curriculum, because I'm just so interested in it. 
and can I talk with you about it? I said, well, sure. So he came over to our house. We had no idea how much he had dived into this, but he apparently had gone on his own to a rabbi and a minister and a priest and some other traditions in the in the community and said, tell me about your religion. I really want to know about it. And so he got all this information, and the last person he talked to who said, go see us, was um, yeah. our friend, Azim Kamisa. Azim Kamisa. Okay. okay. Do you know Azim? No, I don't. Oh, no. well, that's a whole other story. That's He's a wonderful, a, a wonderful story wonderful about man. forgiveness. Okay. Anyway, uh, he's Muslim by tradition. Mm-hmm. And so he was talk- the, Kevin was talking with him. He says, you need to see the Alberts because they really work in interfaith. So we talked with him, and we, we set up an appointment with the principal at his school. And we met with her and the vice principal. And uh, they were very, very kind and very amiable. And they said, but, you know, I'm not sure what the parents would think kind of thing. And so we suggest, well, what about just a panel discussion? What about a cultural day? What about this? So she said, let me bring it to the, the board, the PTA board. So Kevin did a wonderful presentation to the PTA board excellent about how it's how important he felt to have the curriculum because he didn't feel like the uh, history or the civics classes were doing any of the face justice in fact we have found out from people from uh, imams and anybody that's not christian basically yeah a rabbi said they're just not presenting the faith the way it really is today you know, it's like off base. It's yeah. not right. Yeah. And so he wants a real curriculum where it really is presented correctly. Um, but they don't have that. And so he wanted that in the schools. And uh, it just never went forward. I did contact one of the um, board members of Poway, and I have not heard back. She's I've Several times I want to sit down and talk with her. That's not happened yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sent an email to the superintendent. have not received any information back. So I feel like they feel their hands are tied. They're, they're a little skitsy about, yeah. you know, church and school. And, and I'm a former elementary school teacher, so I get it. Yeah. I understand their, quote, unquote, fear. But I think if we approached it in a wholly different manner... And maybe maybe we can't change the actual books that they're using, but if we bring in more of interface studies into the, you know, maybe electives or have panel, have you know, um, assemblies or something else where, when the students see a young woman in a scarf or hijab, or the turban, because even the high school students have a small turban on their head if they're sick. Um, or very devout uh, Jewish boys wear the yarmulkes, you know, Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't be teased or they wouldn't have the hats trying to be taken off, which is what I'm hearing, not just from Kevin, but other young people that I've talked to, that they are still being bullied. Even though the school has the uh, hate does not belong here program. Right. It, and that's, that's from the superintendent, by the way. That's her program. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, they're yeah. still being bullied. Yes, so they are. The program, I've, I've talked with the people from the program, excellent program. How is it being implemented? I don't know. But apparently some of the students are not receiving the, um, the information that is necessary. So we're still moving forward, hoping that we can get some foothold into that that to me Arena. is so important because you so much of this is about education, right? Right, mm-hmm. and we have right. to. And again, it's it is taboo. People like I don't want you know religion in schools, but when you're learning social studies, yeah, history, yeah, religion is part of that. It's sure. part of the you culture, know? and Absolutely. and and when you when you are bringing people in today's time, not mm-hmm. you know three hundred years ago, but today, that's what. We're supposed to be learning about now um, to get along in the world, exactly. so we can have empathy and um, understand people mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. break down the fear, break right. down the hate. Right. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you know each of the religious um, representatives is going to be evangelizing their message. No, they're just going to be educating on what they believe, what their traditions exactly. are, what the culture is, and maybe answering a lot of frequently asked questions. Exactly, yes. like and why do you wear that? Right, you and know, that's what they want to know. Yeah. You know, and how important it is 
uh, and I don't know where we keep going back to the six, but that the have the turban is a faith element. Yes. You cannot take it off. Right. Any more than, than you can take your glasses off because you wouldn't be able to see. Yeah. You know, um, they have to have it. It's part of yeah. the tradition. And once you understand that, then people, you know, we've just heard too many stories. Don't want to go and tell the stories. But it's just really important to understand why. Get back to the why people are wearing or the attire they're wearing. What what it means to them, you know, and then share stories. What is so important to you that you can't take off or yeah. what it, or yeah. to do or have or, you know, because it's very sacred to you. The, the interesting thing that happens is that you become more aware of your own religion. Yes. Hmm. If yeah, you yeah. have to explain your religion and your beliefs to someone else, you've got to have it pretty clear in your mind what it is that you believe. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so... It's been quoted in a variety of different ways, but the more that I learn about your religion by telling you about mine, the more I learn about my religion to find out if, wow, am I changing? Uh, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. If I was born a, you know, a Christian and for so many years went to church and eventually, was there a change here or there? Was there a belief that maybe that person of a different faith or a different race or whatever is not as bad as I was told by the early people who helped me grow up? Well, what is my belief? What do I really believe? Mm -hmm. And the beauty is that you learn more about yourself. And that's the reason that we have kind of, Abigail is still executive director of the Poway Interfaith team. I stopped be, being president. I had been president for many times. Um, but uh, this year, I have grown into the, um, the World Interfaith Network. Oh, nice. And as the director of the World Interfaith Network, my job is to bring together, let them come together and learn about each other throughout the world. So there are over 250 different groups around the world, and that's just the beginning, in over 100 different countries that are learning to link to one another. So if you go on the World Interfaith Network website, you can go by California, you go by United States, you go by global, and then to the country, and then there's a hyperlink that you can check to find out what's going on in their interfaith group in a different country. So if you're traveling to Scotland, you know, taking a trip, yeah, you can go to the link, find out if there's interfaith activities there, and meet people before you get to Scotland to interact with. Oh, nice. Yeah. Same thing with Ethiopia. <clears throat> Same right. thing with you know, name the country, and there's the possibilities. So then, you, you, again, breaking down the fear, you could be yeah. going to another country with mm-hmm. where people f- have different traditions, look different, yeah. everything's different. Yes. Right. And, th- and now by establishing that relationship up front, you can feel comfortable yes. and welcomed yes. right. when you arrive in that yes. country. Yes. And that comes back Beautiful. to hearing yeah. that other people are thinking the same thing. Yeah. 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 You know, we, we often use the term that if you, if you have a meal with someone and you ask a few simple questions like, how many children were in your family? Yeah. Um, what was your third grade teacher like? Mm-hmm. Uh, who in your family most influenced you to be who you are? And all of a sudden you find Oh, you have two brothers? I had two brothers. Yeah. Oh, you you had your third grade teacher? Yeah. So did I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So you start to laugh and talk, and, yeah. and you realize you're, you're sitting next to a person that's just like you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have one of our um, point events. We like to say point for Poway Interfaith Team. And actually, we're kind of doing business as point interfaith team because we have so many organizations that are— aren't in Poway. They're all over the San Diego County. So right. it's kind of saying, 
point interfaith team, it just shows that we're ex- we're expansive and in- and inclusive. That right anybody, on. it doesn't matter. You don't have to be living in Poway. But um, I was going somewhere with this. Where was I going with this? Oh, yes. Uh, The Point Interfaith team has a Harmony Breakfast once a year in February. And this is from the UN. The UN has declared this first week in February as Interfaith Harmony Week. Oh, wow. So we have a breakfast in Poway every year. And one year we had a topic that said, share with somebody next to you or however we paired people up. Well, the best time you had with your family and a family traditional meal. And it seemed like a very simple topic. And I wasn't even sure if this was going to work. But, oh, my gosh, did we have the conversations. People didn't want to leave. People didn't leave. I mean, this was 730. They were still talking at 9 o'clock through breakfast and everything. They really loved sharing about their family traditional breakfast, lunches, dinner, whatever the holiday was or the custom was and how it worked and how it happened. And some real, really very deep conversations went on. Um, I was actually in one of them that not only did we get into our the meal that meant the most to us, but went into some very uh, deep, dark, uh, hurtful things that happened in this person's life. And for some reason, this person felt very comfortable sharing that with me, knowing it would not go any further. And so um, I think a lot of people just went deeper and deeper into their family. And um, it was just an amazing conversation that I wasn't even sure was going to work. But wow. I think when you get into a conversation that everybody can relate to, it does get deep. It doesn't get superficial. Right. And sometimes we're in too much of a superficial conversation. You know, hi, how are you? I'm fine. That means nothing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> but, you know, anyway, so it, these are the kinds of things we like to to have where people can talk on a deeper conversation level. I think this is very special. I mean, yeah. one, I mean this is a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's an interesting point. It just came to me. Is um, the, the the higher purpose of, of my podcast mm-hmm. is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, <laughs> okay? Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I like to think about some of the founding values of what made America special when it was founded. Sure. And in the Bill of Rights, you know, is the freedom of religion. Mm-hmm. I think it's taken a long time for us to get it right. Okay. Yeah. The idea was right. Mm-hmm. The philosophy was right yeah. that we should have liberty and be able to express our faith without any fear. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and be, you know that's what liberty is about. But by getting to this, what you're doing with interfaith is is allowing that to flourish. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so people can live in harmony without mm-hmm. fear, mm-hmm. expressing their own individuality, expressing mm-hmm. their own speech, religion, etc. And doing it in a sort of live and let live kind of environment, and mm-hmm. I think that's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the neat thing is that you, that you find so many similarities. We have we've met people that seem to be from opposite ends that now are the best of friends. Yes, that's mm-hmm. so great. <laughs> you know, how, in fact, uh, Abigail mentioned uh, Rick Love of Evangelical. Christian minister mm-hmm. and oh, he's famous, isn't he? Yes, I've heard his name before. And Imam Taha Husana, uh-huh. who is known all over the country. Yes, where you've got Muslim and you've got evangelical Christian. They're now traveling together at times to do their to do their, their workshops workshop that they did with us at the yeah. So this is what happens. You just become friends, you know. Yeah, yeah. there's no own words of put down this is just bothers me but the, the, <laughs> in, in fact Abigail just used the right the exact term of we used to say oh this is my Christian friend oh, oh this yeah. is my Jewish oh, yeah, friend yeah, yeah. this is no this they is my friend my friends. exactly these are my friends yes now. yes yeah, yes these are my friends. yeah we get so hung up on all these identities yeah. and these you know trying right. to frame it certain ways right. where we're just all people yeah we're just all people right um Let's talk about Interfaith Week. Oh, 
and you got this schedule of events, and I was going <sighs> through it, and there's so much you have planned. There, so there's 13 events planned starting on Sunday, August 11th, going to August 18th. And the beauty is that we, we organize the press conference and we organize the Thursday evening event. Mm -hmm. The rest are being organized by different interfaith groups and faith groups throughout the county. Right. Oh, nice. So it's not all happening in one place. Uh, if you don't have time to visit one on a Tuesday, there's something on Friday. There's things going on all the time. Every day. And we've, we've um, <clears throat> what can I say? Uh, We'd like people to come to the opening on Sunday, especially because yeah. at that time, there'll be a press conference, there'll be a ceremony, a red carpet event. Uh, other things happening, but also there will be event leaders throughout that are actually presenting the uh, the events. They will be there with flyers and kind of share a little bit more about what's happening at their event, either Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday through the following Sunday. And it's just a wide variety of things happening, and uh, we'd love to have them. It's at Palomar College in Rancho Bernardo, not the San Marcos, Rancho Bernardo uh, campus at three o'clock so if they'd like to join us for the press conference and the rest of the afternoon from three to six you're welcome to join us that's on the 11th that's the 11th. on the 11th sunday. So that's sunday sunday uh, okay right. so if if this turns out to be something after that there's plenty of events okay yeah we have, we'll have flyers about all the events that, that'll give you um, yeah i don't know how much you want us to share about all the different events but it was but. also in the um uh, Union Tribune mm -hmm. yesterday had listed all the events that are going yeah. on. Uh, we thank you, Linda McIntosh from the Union <laughs> Tribune. She's wonderful to yeah. work with and a fabulous so, article. So these events will be held, you know, in the the buildings and facilities of yes. all the other faiths. And, yes. And you had talked about that in the field trips at the UCSD yes. conference. Yeah. I, I just know for myself, you know, it, it almost was, and I hate to use this word, but it, like it was it was very awkward or hesitant to go into the building of another faith. Yes. You know, it was almost like taboo, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And I love that you're breaking that down. Yeah, yeah. In fact, one of the greatest uh, adventures we had last year is that we had a group of people who had never been in a mosque before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Coming to Iman Taha's uh, center, and they left saying, I want to come back. Yeah, yeah. I was so we welcome. Have our, we have our point meetings there occasionally, you know. And uh, one one time it was was it during the uh, Ramadan season. Anyway, yeah. we were there. We were there for the meeting, but then it was time for their prayer time, and he invited all of us in to, to the sanctuary them. to participate in that in their prayer time. It was just. And it was so, I was in there because in the Muslim tradition, the men sit in one place and the women in another. And so I was with the women and I had this broad view of everything. I, I felt I was in such a holy, sacred space. I didn't want to leave. It was, you know, think of all the prayers that are being said in that sanctuary day in and day out, five times a day. It's just I don't care what faith you are. When you say a prayer, it's sacred. Yeah. And it just, you could feel the energy. And I think people who had never been in, we've been in other mosques before, but um, this is special for me. But the people who had the first time, it was like, they were blown away. They couldn't believe how comfortable they felt. You know, so it just... I just wish people would, you know, have the courage to go. In fact, people have asked me, I'd like to go to a synagogue or go to a mosque or go to a Hindu temple, but I'm afraid. Yes. So yeah. I say, you know, the best thing to do, if I know them, I will mm -hmm. give them that person's number or an email. And they can kind of meet them and greet them and get and take them through. I said, if I don't know them, uh, I would just call the place, say, I'd like to visit. What is it I need to know in order to come and, and mm -hmm. worship with you? 
And so you will find out you will need a headscarf or not. You will yeah, need to take good. your shoes off good. or not. And so you're prepared. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you, have we have be, a, you have to be coached up. <laughs> right, we, right. We have a yeah. friend who always keeps a scarf in the car. She says, just in case I need one. You know, yeah, yeah, just in yeah, case yeah, I yeah. need one. I just take my scarf out and then I can go and right and and go wherever you know and so um then again it comes back down to all you have to do is find out what their what offends them Mm -hmm. and you don't do it (laughs) (laughs) pretty easy yeah (laughs) but what we've found out even the word offend isn't even is is like the a a term that's kind of like a red flag but I've made mistakes, and I have only found kindness from people who said, you know, in our tradition, we really don't do that. But so kindly that I didn't feel um, upset that I hurt them or did. It was just a very kind job. The first time years ago, um, I didn't realize that a woman should not shake hands with an Orthodox Jewish man or a Muslim man. Oh. And I put my hand out to a Muslim man, welcoming him into, you know, yeah. whatever event we're having. And mm-hmm. he shook my hand very kindly and said, I just want to let you know that in our tradition, women and men don't shake hands or hug unless they're family. Hmm. Now, so I, I was like, I said, I'm so sorry. He says, no, that's okay. That's okay. You know, but it was, it's the kindness that you find when you make a mistake that the, the other person is very kind about the mistake. And so I think yeah. that that, if you could realize that, that that dissipates the fear, too, when you don't know they're very kind. Everyone is kind. In fact, now we're friends with so many different people that <laughs> that the hugging doesn't matter with some yeah. of them. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. I'm very just very cautious, especially with the imams. I don't want to overstep any bounds but I always put my hand on my heart as I greet them as a greeting so it's still a greeting but you're not stepping that boundary you know and they appreciate that because I have seen imams have to shake hands in line after a lecture with people and I know that it's not part of their tradition but they're kind and they will just do it because this is what is expected of them in a different faith Center, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, you know that sort of thing is true. Not even beyond the scope of religion. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. I've done business with people in Japan. Yes, they sure. bow. Yes. you know when they exchange business cards, yes. it's it's almost mm. ceremonial the it way is. way yes. they exchange business cards, and it, it's good to understand to be coached up, right? So yeah. you, so you yeah. know what to do, right. and so you can get along. Right. And this comes to the platinum rule. Now, we all talk about the golden rule, which is in all the faith traditions, by the way. But the platinum rule really says, do unto others as others would like you to do unto them. Okay, I got to get my mind wrapped around that one. Okay, so so the first one is, do unto others as you would like others do unto you. That's the golden rule. That's the golden. So the platinum is, do unto others as you would like others to do unto them. So if another would prefer you to put your hand over your heart in greeting, that's what you do. Now, in our new thought tradition, we're all huggers, so we like to hug everybody, you know. And yeah. um, and so we'll do it in our new thought. But if I'm going into a mosque or a synagogue or a Hindu temple, I will put my hand over my heart around namaste because that's what they prefer. Yeah. So if that is just a common, gracious, respectful yes. thing to do. Exactly. What do they like? Do what they like. When in Rome, do, do as the, the Romans do. do. Be respectful. Well, yeah. it, it, as a silly story, and I usually use this um, with a group of people who are just learning about the golden rule and then the platinum rule, is just think of looking at a fish oh. in, a, in a fish tank. And yeah. you look at that fish and you say, that poor fish, he doesn't get to go anywhere. You know, we get to travel and we get to eat different foods and we get to be in different places. Let's make sure I want to treat that fish the way I treat me. Therefore, I'm going to pull him out of the water and send him (laughs) to Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, there are some situations that... People don't want to be treated that way. Yes. And once you learn the difference, 
then they're friends. Yeah. Now, now you're on. Uh, I, we have close friends who are female Hindus who we always namaste. We put our hands in front of us. But I have been hugged by more Hindu females just because, hey, that's what they do. Right. And but, because they know us. You know, yeah, the relationship is at that the level. The relationship becomes yeah. such that we're... We may not be blood relations, but we are we are relations as friends, and so yeah. friends slowly become like friendship family. So we consider our interfaith group kind of like our interfaith family. Yeah. And yeah. in this interfaith family, we have had our squabbles, we have had our ups and our downs. Oh yeah. We've had our hurt feelings. We've had anything that a normal family would have, and then we get past it. We 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 come together. We reconcile, we forgive, and we move on. Right on. It's just yeah. like a family. Just like a family. It's not like it's all hunky-dory sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes there's some rough roads ahead. Yeah, of course. You just have to move through it and, you know, realize, yeah. okay, I did something. Yeah. This was my fault. Own it. And and then when when we own a mistake, the forgiveness can take place. Rather than always trying to be right, just you know, you're working with people. And That's it's not right. just the faith. You're working with people they yes. also and personalities. Know. Yes. <laughs> and each member that we meet also knows that we support them yes. when they or their faith are going through a hard time. Right. Because you've all been there. We've, We've been, been there. there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what happened at, at Chabad in, in uh, Poway? The Poway Interfaith team helped to organize the vigil. We were trying to do whatever we could to bring some comfort and support to their their group. Yeah. The same thing that happened in um, in Escondido, where they were graffitiing a uh, a mosque. Mm-hmm. Oh, and put fire to it. Yeah, we uh, were there. For they were their... trying to start a fire. Yeah, we were there. But Inter- Poway Interfaith Team helped Showed get up. people together to. To be there. So we're there to support the, you. The vigil. Yeah. We know that there's terrible people in the world, and they, they're they filled with hate. We cannot understand this. This is not something that, well, if you get involved long enough, you finally figure out why. No. If you're filled with hate, we don't understand it. Mm. We'd love to sit down with you and say, tell me why. And... What brought you to that What brought feeling? you to this belief that these people are bad and you're good? Yeah. And your way is the only way. Right. Yeah. It's very... So much of it is that way where people categorize based on stereotypes. Someone's wearing a white hat. Someone's wearing, you know, a black hat. It's yeah. good and evil. Right, And right. then suddenly, you know, we have bad outcomes. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about the Poway Habad shooting. Yeah. How... You know, obviously tragic event, and thank you for helping organize that vigil. What's your perspective on the Poway community and how we, what we've done as we've come out of this tragedy? The, well, the, the, there's a variety of things that have happened. Number one, there's awareness. Mm-hmm. Because when you hear that there's a, there's a mass shooting in Paris or there's a mass shooting in New Zealand or there's whatever— it's like, that's a terrible, terrible thing, but I'm not affected by it. When it happens a mile away from your house. Yeah. Which is what happened to us. Yeah. 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 Our house that we. We're a couple miles away. We're, we're, we're right there maybe. near them. Yeah. And it's it happening. A shock. It was a shock. Oh, my. Yeah. The whole. Yeah. Go the ahead. mayor, the Poway Interfaith team, the city council. The police departments, they have come together mm-hmm. to say, we're supporting you. Yeah. If there's ever a problem, we want to be there. We want to take extra precautions. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, I wish that would never have to be necessary. Right. But right now in this world, the way it is, yeah. we have to be ready. Yeah, I, I felt like the power community was amazing. I yeah. was so heartfelt um, about how everyone came together and was supportive and we saw people on the streets with flowers and just standing kind of guard near this Chabad. Um, I remember uh, one night uh, 
well, there was a whole bunch of people from the community, but I went down, and uh, we've done this before when other things have happened to mosques and synagogues. We hold signs saying, pray in peace. So we go to their synagogue or mosque at the time that they have their worship service, and we stand outside. And so when they pass, we say, we're just standing here. And just read some pray in peace. We're standing here, you know, not not that we could do anything, but just to show our support that we want them to have their service and we're supporting them. So we've been doing this for a variety of happenings around the county that has taken place. And that happened at the Chabad. I think our mayor, Steve Voss, was just absolutely wonderful with what he said. And the very uh, many press conferences. In fact, he was part of an interfaith thing just a month or so before that. He was um, speaking and I thought singing. he did an excellent job. He was he, excellent. He, uh, Mayor Voss, I thought, um, did what you would expect a yes. leader to do, a yes. political leader to do. We were just— Yeah, he yay. put his arms around everyone. Yes. You know, let people cry on his shoulder, mm-hmm. showed empathy— I wish uh, all, all of our other political leaders would follow <laughs> yeah, that lead. Yeah. Well, and he showed empathy, but yeah. you could tell it, it was sincere. It, it was, wasn't like yes. he was putting on a show. He right. was. It affected him. You could tell. Mm-hmm. And we we also know members of the city council, and they were there and supported every vigil. Nice, and, wonderful people uh, yeah. in the park, over at the church, over in the the high school. I mean, they were there. They were in support, and we were talking with them. And they're like, "I can't believe this is happening in Poway. What is this? Can't happen, you know?" Yeah. They're um, right there, standing right behind all of us in the same but consciousness and wavelength. So as we and the come, police were there. I mean, I oh, commend yeah. our police. They were just their presence awesome. was huge. Yeah, it was funny. I was driving down past the Chabad, and for some reason, I had forgotten something at home, so I took a side street to get back home and I saw this police car, you know, because they had different police mm-hmm. cars around and he's like looking at me. Like, yeah, yeah. What are you doing here, lady? You know, but I, I was just grateful they were there, you know, and I just turned around and went home for whatever I needed. But um, but the one thing is, you know, you, you brought it up before. We should be able to go to church, to synagogue, to mosque, to temple um, without fear. Right. And our people are are fearful. Yes. I have a friend, Jewish friend, says, I'm on pins and needles all the time. And the thing is, yes, you can say, well, you know, let's get some security. Well, some some temples and mosques don't have the money to have full-time security. So now they're in the process of having to train their own people to, to be the secure factor around their, their um, sanctuary. And it's like... Why should that have to happen? You know, I mm-hmm. mean, it just it is people should just be able to go and worship the way they wish to worship. And that, it's a, it's a shame, and it unfortunately, is a shame. we have to take precautions. That uh, that is the shame. That yeah. is the yeah. the it's sad the part. The, There's fear, and that's the beauty of what you're doing is you're helping break down the fear. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, this is extraordinary. I mean, this is, I mean, we'll talk about, you know, God's work. I mean, this really is God's work, you know, um, this is unbelievable what you're doing. And I'm hoping that whoever is listening to this podcast or viewing it on video that has any inkling that they may be in hate of some faith, um, whether it's our culture or race, that they think twice about what they're doing because... This is not God's plan for no. them to be thinking this way. God's plan is for—that's why we're here in different, to learn how to get along. That's God's plan. If you're not getting along, you're not mm-hmm. following God's plan. It's not God's plan to go out and kill somebody different no, than no, you. No, no, no. God's plan is to friend yes. somebody different than yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Love thy neighbor. That is mm-hmm. the work. How simple is that? Yeah. yeah love thy neighbor. <laughs> love thy neighbor. You know— the, since the, um, the the Chabad shooting, you know, it, our community has evolved, I think. Yes. And there's been a lot of really interesting conversations. Some have had, been online. I've had mm-hmm. a couple of mm-hmm. uh, podcast episodes where we've talked through some of these mm-hmm. things. I think having these kinds of difficult conversations mm-hmm. 
are really healthy. Yes. yes. You know, when you can have people that have differences, not that we have differences, but other people, you know, bringing them to the table. Right. And that's one of the things I want for this podcast to be is something of a community forum. Right. Where we can talk it out. Yeah. We can learn, we can understand, we can respect, and we can break down the fear, break down right. the hate. Right. John, one of the things that I've been quoted about, and I don't know how I got to be the one to be the quoter, is that nothing in the world mm. that is good was not preceded by bad. So in other words, everything that we have that, that works, all of our ser serums that get rid of disease, they did not occur until the disease happened. Mm. First you have the negative and then you find a way to make it better. Every invention, people said, how are we gonna get all of our goods from the farm to the city where people live? Well, we created a car, we created a truck, we create, and then we find out, well, there's a lot of people that die from car accidents. So it's, then we have to learn how do we get, learn to live at the speed limit, <laughs> okay? So there, everything that is negative that you we look at today, all this hate, all this crime, all this killing, something good is coming from it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think part of that is that we're beginning to dialogue with one another. Yes. And to recognize that we are not alone. And that's what the... The, the World Interfaith Network, the Poway Interfaith Team, as a member of that, and all these other groups are coming across to say, we're not alone. You're not alone in being fearful. Let's talk about it so that we can kind of reduce that fear. You're not alone in believing that people should talk to one another. Let's find ways to ha make that happen. Nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. And whenever you find something that is terrible, that you can't believe that that person exists? Why are they in the position they're in? How can they be making the decisions they're making? And we don't understand. Something good will be coming from that. Mm -hmm. And it will be that much even better later on. It's like a wake-up call. Yeah, it is. You know, somebody goes, boom, what? You know, it's like you just get shocked into thinking in a different way. Yeah. And I think that uh, what's happening in our world is it's our wake-up call to make this a better place and to, to help people. And we, we get better. We improve. We, we kind do. of oh, slowly yeah. ratchet up. Yeah. You know, and yeah. each crisis creates the opportunity to improve. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And we become better. Right. Right. This is beautiful. Yeah. So um, any concluding words or thoughts mm. that you'd like to share? Well, I... I'd like to go back to just what I said. If you feel led to learn about other people, mm -hmm. come to the Poway Interfaith Team meetings. They're open to the public. Yeah. Find out that people are pretty nice, no matter what skin color, no matter what sexual gender, no matter what uh, ethnic, yeah. cultural yeah. No background, no matter what, people are pretty neat. Yeah. And I, you can tell by my belly that I've had enough interfaith food <laughs> that is delicious. It is. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I attended that event, you know, a month or so ago. It was yeah. it was a beautiful event. And nice. people of all different cultures and, yep. and everyone dressed differently, looked differently, right. but we were all so similar. Right. Yeah. Right. It was beautiful to see the whole, the, the Hindu group up on the, uh, the bima in yeah. the synagogue. Yeah. Um, singing and chanting in their own tradition, and here they're singing and chanting in their own tradition. We're all sitting in the the synagogue, and then I noticed on the side one of our Muslim friends was going through his, you know, he had to pray at that particular time. So, what what a place! Yeah, we have the Muslim man praying in a synagogue <laughs> with the Hindu chanters. I mean, that's that's God's world. It's the great confluence, that you know. That is God's <laughs> yeah. world yeah. right there, and um, so I. 
I think my conclusion is um, we just are here for people if they want to know more about us. And how can they reach you? What's the best way to get in touch with your group? Okay, um, the, the Power Interfaith team. team has a website, and our I think our names are on it. I should be a yeah. I could just give you the uh, an email. And, well, once you share it with the audience, how, okay, how can it's they point p o i n t at powerinterfaithteam.com. Okay, so that's the email address. That's the email address, and I'm the one that pretty much mans it. So it goes to three or four people, but I'll be the one to respond to you. Point at powerinterfaithteam.com. And then the, the website, powerinterfaithteam.com. Yes. And then the worldinterfaithnetwork.com. If they want to know with something. With a hyphen about. between world and interfaith. But it'll ah. still take you if you forget the hyphen because yeah. you can click on it. Okay. And if you want to know what's happening around the world. so We have one other thing that's really neat, too. Oh, good. Uh, as on the World Interfaith Network and what we created for Interfaith Awareness Week this year is a PowerPoint presentation that just rotates mm. and shows you pictures of people on interfaith teams around the oh, world. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you can go on to worldinterfaithnetwork.com uh, World and I think it's Interfaith 2019 or 2019 Interfaith, whichever the page is. It says click here and you can see people from all the different worlds all over the world that are doing interfaith work yeah. that are talking about the same things that the three of us are talking about today. That are talking about getting rid of hate, talking about liking each other, learning about each other, making sure that this whole world is aware that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And they can also go to the um, uh, website, the, the Power Interfaith Team website, to know uh, the list of events for next week. Yeah. Yes, it's a it's, big week. Yeah, it's, so it's on both interfaith it's on both awareness win week. and point website. So, if they want to know more, go to the website. And are any of those events happening here in Poway? Yes, oh. yes. In fact, uh, well, the opening. Well, that's not in Poway, but uh, we have the Poway Interfaith Team has its own uh, event, which is Thursday, mm -hmm. and it's called Faith, like F A I T, Faithful Conversations, and we're going to explore some faith beliefs on controversial issues such as uh, uh, the LGBTQ, uh, racism, uh, interfaith education. There's, there's, there's eight different topics that people are... Uh, interfaith marriage. Interfaith marriage, cultural mm -hmm. marriage. Uh, what were some of the other ones? I can't think right now. But um, so, so difficult conversations. Difficult, difficult conversations. So yeah, whatever topic they're interested in, there will be a table for that topic. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That, this is good. Yeah. yeah. So eight different topics. Eight, yeah. So it should be a wonderful, so wonderful that's, evening. So that's, that's at the community Thursday church of night. Poway. Thursday night. Yes. Uh, at the community church of Poway. Right. Wow. Abigail and Steve Albert, thank you so much for joining me well, here. Thank you for this inviting This has been us. wonderful. Honor. Thank you. It's so, wonderful to talk about what we love. <laughs> I can tell. And when, when it, that's when all the energy is there, when yeah, you talk about yeah. what you love. So how should we conclude this? So should we, we do a, a, a namaste? Is, Say namaste. 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 Yeah. Okay. The God in me sees the God in you. That's, that's what that what, means? That's what it that's means. That's what it means. Because I always think of George Harrison when I think of Namaste, <laughs> because he would use that term. And so, okay, so Namaste. The God in me sees the God in you. Namaste. Okay. And to all of your listeners. Yes. Thank namaste you so much. Thank you. All right. Our pleasure.